Welcome to Radio Life Ray, episode 23. This is a recording from the European Symposium 2012 in Wiesbaden. The presentation is titled Well-Hidden Features of Life Ray. If you want to follow the visuals for this presentation, please go to liferay.com slash radio, click episode 23, and you will find a link to the downloadable PDF of the presentation slides. Um, so, my well-hidden features in LifeRay actually are not really well-hidden features in LifeRay. They are. Um, there are some in LifeRay, some in the environment, some in the operating system, some in Java, some, well, something from everywhere. And I kind of like to summarize it all as trivial knowledge. Um, now, trivial knowledge, there's one thing to it. Um, it is knowledge, yes, only if you know it. Uh, if you know it, it can be trivial. If you don't know it, it is not knowledge, so it's not even trivial knowledge. That is, it can be overly simple for some of you if you already know that trick, um, and it can be quite eye-opening um, if you don't know that yet. And it's not a full story, but it is one trick from here, one from there, one from there, and so on. And as you know, um, this is the point where I want to go to. Things are trivial if you can do it. If you cannot yet do it, uh, that can be quite hard. Um, so there are some things about the setup that I frequently see uh, wrong or discuss with people in system admin training. Um, first of all, about memory. Uh, does anybody recognize what this is? Yeah, it's core memory. So a few discrete bits, uh, wired, hand-wired, uh, from the 60s. Um, contrast that with this set of memory settings, minimum uh, memory, maximum memory. Um, I consider this setting, uh, if you don't even look at the numbers, I consider this as some test system, some debug system, uh, at least not a production system. And I've been debating uh, over that uh, with a few people and some trainings. Um, and uh, if you look at that, any idea uh, why that is not a production setting? Yeah? It should be? The values should be the same in a production environment, right? Why? Uh, because, well, claim your memory immediately, um, and then if you fail on that, you'll get the feedback immediately. Otherwise, if you claim a little bit, and then a little bit later on, and a little bit more, uh, you might get uh, woken up Sunday night at 3 o'clock uh, by your production system shutting down uh, due to an out-of-memory uh, uh, condition. The next thing, uh, one thing that we have in the bundles, uh, if you look at our Tomcat bundle, for example, that defines uh, the default environment in the variable named Java Opts, uh, which in my eyes is a bad idea, uh, actually not only in my eyes. Um, so it's a fixed issue. You shouldn't use Java Opts, but you should use Catalina Opts. Why? Tomcat is starting a new virtual machine to start Tomcat, or, well, these scripts are starting a virtual machine to start Tomcat with these options. They also start a virtual machine with these options when you shut down Tomcat. Um, and just to issue the shutdown um, command to the running Tomcat, you definitely don't need 8 gig immediately. Um, so you rather want to set it to Catalina Opts. Um, and that's fixed in this LPS ticket, and especially visible if you take a look at the uh, settings there, if you have JMX remote, you won't even be able to shut down Tomcat with that shutdown um, batch file um, that you have. 
Next thing in memory, um, I frequently see people um, handling memory in their um, server. Liferay is typically CPU hungry, so when you are handling uh, when you're dimensioning your server, you rather want to look for a powerful CPU than for the most memory. Um, 24 gigs, um, I would say, are wrong for almost all situations. There might be one or the other situation where it's actually worth allocating that much memory, but then you definitely have some very good reason uh, to claim that. Why? Well, Java has automatic memory management and garbage collection and so on. You can imagine if you definitely lose, uh, use less than 24 gig, um, your garbage collection will be a mess uh, and it will take a while. And uh, garbage collection to take a long time uh, is the worst thing that you can have in a web environment because during garbage collection when nothing else can happen, um, you, will be, uh, you won't be able to do anything else. Requests will pile up and your answering time definitely goes down and you will get an impact. So rather have the memory as small as possible, add a little bit on top of that, and you'll have a very quick garbage collection. You'll have it more frequent, but uh, it will be very quick. And that's what you want. Speaking of bundles, um, we do distribute Liferay on the, um, on the application servers, on the free servlet containers, Glassfish, uh, JBoss, and Tomcat. And uh, with these, um, you can, of course, configure any Database, if you use uh, the bundles, uh, there's one thing hidden um, that I do like you to know. Um, the horror story for that is somebody getting, uh, or setting up uh, this Tomcat bundle, uh, or a Tomcat bundle, connecting it to a database, setting up all of the backups for the database. Uh, some, I think it was an Oracle database, can't remember what exactly it was. Uh, so they did set up everything uh, after a few months they were actually wondering, uh, why does my performance go down? Um, and they were loading lots and lots of data into Liferay. Now, uh, they also wondered why, well, if they load lots and lots of data into Liferay, it must be very efficient to store that because the backups didn't even rise, raise in size. Um, now, the trick or the trap um, that they used uh, was uh, Liferay comes with HSQL, you might know that, uh, the in-memory database, and if you have a typo in your database configuration in your portal X properties, um, so that Liferay doesn't recognize what you write there, uh, you will use the default, which is HSQL. So congratulations for backing up your Oracle database, but if you don't use it, uh, try to restore anything from that. Uh, <laughs> so the tip there is, uh, remove that jar if you use the bundle, and if you don't want to use HSQL, then you can't connect, and you, again, get, your, uh, get the problem immediately while you're starting up. Now, this is kind of what sparked uh, this presentation, uh, the built-in portlets. Um, I really do like Asset Publisher, um, especially since I started to use it myself. It's kind of the Swiss Army knife um, of web content uh, management or uh, content publishing. Uh, is there anybody here who does not know Asset Publisher? Okay, uh, just few. Um, basically, well, configure uh, which kind of content you want to see based on criteria instead of saying, okay, I'd like to see this article at this place. Um, and with Asset Publisher comes, well, uh, a quite complex configuration screen, but you can also um, use it in conjunction with a lot of different portlets that come out of the box, and this is uh, probably not so well known. Um, part of that are the portlets that you see here, the tag clouds, categories, navigation, and uh, the 
tags navigation. Uh, what happens or how do they interact? Well, if you click on one of these tags in the tag cloud, um, Asset Publisher will actually react and filter according to the currently chosen um, tag around here. Um, same with the uh, categories navigation. Uh, so you will have uh, some interaction there. And for the developers among you, how does that work? Uh, we're actually using uh, public render parameters. And this is the uh, snippet from the declaration there. You can use the same. So you can interact with our tag navigation as well, with our tag cloud, uh, or create another tag cloud, uh, the, a, a dynamic tag cloud, uh, whatever you want, and still interact with everything in LifeRay. Um, the next thing, and um, here I really got to use Asset Publisher myself. Shameless plug, um, who here is aware of Radio LifeRay? Who is painfully aware that I kind of didn't really publish anything the last uh, months, I think? Um, oh, too bad, that's not so many. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Radio Liferay is a podcast that used to be personality-driven, like me talking to somebody uh, in and from Liferay, from the community. I still have something to publish there. I'm going to uh, pick that up quite soon. Uh, but as I started that, um, I asked for some homepage on Liferay.com. Uh, and to make, it important, uh, to make it interesting and easy to remember, it was Liferay.com slash radio. Uh, now, what kind of content do I have on there? Um, I'm publishing the content on my blog. Um, that is in my personal site or community. We're still on 6.0 uh, on that site. We're upgrading. And I was publishing that with Asset Publisher. Now, if you were in Sergio's uh, presentation, he presented something, well, some very easy customization for Asset Publisher in Configuration JSP to actually um, configure Asset Publisher to show content from different sites uh, or communities. Now, consider myself in my situation. I'm in... Uh, well, I'm some consultant in LifeRay, and I'm going to ask, uh, would you please deploy this to LifeRay.com so I have some change, some customization on Asset Publisher that I need on that page? Uh, well, I think it would not yet be done. Uh, if it would ever be done, uh, have you ever tried to bring something in production when it was not your task to do that? Uh, it probably wouldn't work. I didn't even try it. Um, but if you look at this site, um, it actually displays um, the configuration, uh, well, my site uh, that I chose for that. Um, would anybody like to guess how I did that without ever upgrading um, or, or deploying something to liferay.com? Okay. Huh? Uh, yeah, well, <coughs> Firebug. <coughs> Um, okay. <laughs> so instead of relying on that configuration JSP to present me uh, with that option, I just made, made up the option myself. So just play with, uh, inject some HTML parameter. Is this a security hole? No, it isn't. Asset Publisher well handles this. Um, it is something that we don't want to make available on the UI because it messes up with your expectations. Because if you now search on that uh, website on liferay.com in that community, basically. Uh, you will not find this content, even though it is displayed on this page. 
And if we would make this available on the UI, then, uh, well, people's ex expectations might be, if it is there, then we also want to find it. And if you don't want that, then it's fine, mess with that. In the back end, it's well handled. Something else, if you scroll down that page, uh, there's not only the first episode or the latest episode, but there's all of the others. Um, and if you know Asset Publisher, you can easily uh, tell it to publish the latest 10, the latest 20, the latest 100 episodes. Now, uh, what do you do when you want to publish the latest 20, but not the very latest? Asset Publisher can't help you there. Actually, 6.2 Asset Publisher can, but 6.1 and 6.0 cannot. Uh, next guess there, cheap trick. Um, so what I want to do is not just choose 20, I want 2 to 20, giving a hint. Okay, stupid hack, but uh, well worth it, um, I think. Um, and you can actually use the same hack with um, this, coming back to my tag cloud example. Uh, this doesn't really look very nice, but you can hide this in the same way. It's nothing secret, uh, it's not security related that it is on the page, but not, well dis uh, not displayed. So you can easily get rid of that as well without any customization uh, to the JSPs. Now, some, something from testing, development, debugging, uh, getting up the propeller head. Uh, first of all, if you are uh, using uh, test data and you want that in UTF-8, there's fliptitle.com. I really love that to generate some code for colleagues that are not able to read any non-ASCII language. Uh, so if you have that, if you copy and paste this text um, as test data, uh, even, um, let's say, American, is there any American guy here? Uh, that typically just knows English, um, even they will recognize something is wrong um, if this gets garbled. Uh, money. No, not money, but jQuery. Um, who's using jQuery? Okay, who's using LOUI? Okay. Who is using LOUI but would rather use jQuery? Okay, I have a suggestion for you. Use yQuery. Um, what's that? Well, yQuery is jQuery as a module for LOUI, or for YUI, actually. Uh, so what you can do is just dynamically load jQuery in any version that you specify into a namespace and use it in there. Um, so quite a nice way. And you can actually do a dozen of different, a dozen of different versions of jQuery on one page. Now, your load time will suffer, of course, but, uh, well, you can do that. Uh, next thing with LOUI, something that is really well hidden. I don't know, maybe it is more prominently linked right now. Um, there is a site called Rosetta Stone um, that compares jQuery to, uh, to YUI. And we have on deployLOUI.com slash docs, uh, we have um, some comparison that also includes LOUI. So if you want to transition between the two, this makes it actually really easy. Um, you have uh, one on the left, middle, and right, uh, jQuery, YUI, and LOUI. Now, if you want to customize the core portal, um, there's many different ways. You can do that, of course, through hooks, webs, uh, layout templates, themes, um, uh, the X, uh, X plugin, uh, through portlets, and so on. That's very easy, and everybody knows how that works. Uh, but what are you doing for plugins? If you find a plugin that you want to publish, and you want to change, actually, one of our plugins, one of somebody's plugins. Uh, quite easy. 
you just adapt your build XML, you create a new project in your, uh, in your plugins SDK, adapt your build XML, just reference an original WAR file and, um, well, make it, in this case, social networking, um, the social networking portlet, and implement what else you want on top of that, and then just call ant merge, which will also be called uh, through ant deploy, and you get your published, uh, your, your mixed um, and updated portlet without changing that portlet ever, without manually unpacking it. And there's a wiki article for that. While uh, we're in the Java world, in the Ant world, um, this is not really Liferay related, but fully Eclipse related. Uh, there's one thing, one setting in Eclipse that I consider the killer feature. I cannot live without that, literally. It drew me over to Eclipse uh, from IntelliJ. There was a time when I used Eclipse half the week and IntelliJ half the week. It drove me nuts uh, to change. Um, but the one feature that uh, drew me to Eclipse completely, please only activate that when you're not switching between IDEs. Uh, because you will go nuts then, um, is, uh, well, you find it if you use the preferences, uh, type brace there, and just choose uh, automatically insert at correct position, semicolon, and curly braces. Uh, just try it out. Uh, you can type the semicolon anywhere in the line. You can uh, just type the opening curly brace anywhere in an if statement. Uh, you don't need to go to end of line uh, and uh, put it there because the editor no typically knows quite well where you are. But warning, I'm addicted to that. I'm completely annoyed when I'm using a random text editor to write any Java code or any curly brace. Uh, now back to Liferay. Um, you might be aware of the scripting console that we have uh, deeply hidden in the server section. Um, there's actually more, uh, more gems in there, but uh, the scripting console in there uh, has several uh, languages, several scripting languages available. And um, if you have been at uh, Jorge's talk, uh, at the architecture talk, uh, you know that about 90, 95% or more, I can't remember the exact number of Liferay uh, features, uh, is available through the API. Um, you can reach everything here um, that you can do through the API. Um, now, that's kind of trivial because it's an API. This is scripting, and of course, you can access the API. You can do more uh, in here. So if you have some quick debugging to do and know exactly what you do, because, well, be careful. Um, this one has no net, uh, no safety net uh, that might catch you back. If you delete something, if you just call some local service, uh, damage everything, then uh, it will actually do as you told it. Um, but what you can do is uh, you can actually override Spring configurations in there as well. Um, so I'm not going to ask you how that is. The slides will be available um, after the presentation as all of the slides here. Um, what you can do is actually replace some document library, in this case, document library local service impl, with an overridden document library local service impl. So this uh, inherits from, uh, from the original implementation and just adds something to the method isValidName. I just add some logging. Uh, so just something trivial um, that will be executed uh, through the scripting console, and uh, this is directly injected into Liferay. Uh, quite a nice way uh, to go for debugging. Um, the next thing um, that is deeply on Java and on the API um, is something that is actually discontinued, and I very much regret that, and I'm actively pushing for, uh, for it to be uh, maintained further, which is the old demo site 7 cogs. 
Uh, you're probably aware of that, or who does not know that? Who does not know Bruno? <laughs> Tiago here is actually working with him. Are you, did I see Tiago earlier? There he is, yeah, he's working with Bruno. Um, so Bruno is, uh, is, well, well, is an actual person and an actual life rayer uh, in Brazil. Um, the default admin up until, I think, 6.1.ga1. Uh, now, 7cogs I really love as a hook plugin, as a plugin, because this whole site is being created by Java code. Uh, and that code is at a complexity, it runs from top to bottom. Um, no conditionals, some loops, well, it's well structured, there is a method called add user and so on, but the logic is it runs from top to bottom once and never again. And you can actually use it as a blueprint for how to work with LifeRays API, how to create a page, how to set the layout for that page, how to add a portlet to that page through the API, how to add an, op, uh, an article and web content, an image into the, uh, into the document library, uh, position that image in that article. Um, that's all neatly laid out in there. It's executable documentation. You can debug through that. And there is no complexity. It's a quite long hook, uh, just one. Uh, logically, it's one method, but it's uh, divided up into, into several things. But um, I've actually downloaded an old version to get the screenshot, um, but it's still worth looking at the old version at that code and run that uh, in order to see uh, how this works. Now, debugging is uh, on the Java side, but also on the HTML side, on, uh, well, when, when you want to know what happens in your, uh, in your runtime system. And when you have some JavaScript error in your runtime system that typically looks like this, uh, and you rather want to look at it like this, um, and there's a simple way to do that in every LifeRay implementation uh, without, well, of course, you can set portal X properties and do some settings, restart your server, try to reach everything again, and do that to your production system, and uh, you'll probably fire it quite soon. Uh, you can also just add this um, parameter to your request, and say, hey, don't, just don't strip my stuff. Uh, and if you're not quite happy with all of the JavaScript in just one file, uh, just add uh, this as well, and you'll get everything as if you, have, um, as if you are running a uh, development system. So quite a neat thing. In your production system, no changes, and you're back at uh, where you actually want to be. Um, the next thing. I found that and lost it again because I couldn't activate it again. Uh, there's some monitoring in LifeRay. Uh, all of these settings and portal properties or portal X properties uh, to be overwritten. Um, what that does is you can monitor quite a bit of data in LifeRay. Um, and uh, you'll just have to remember this is not everything that you have to change. There's also some spring configuration. I've mentioned that here, or it's, it's mentioned in the uh, in the comments there, but, uh, well, you'll have to remember um, to actually do that, change this, set that to true, and what does it do? This is the slide with the most text ever, I think. I think I never had more text, um, but for you, in order to, uh, to see that, this is actually an HTML comment at the end of the, of the page, so you won't see it unless you view source, and then you can see it, um, and this is an excerpt of what you find at the bottom of the page, so how long does my blog portlet take to load? Uh, like which portlet is guilty for uh, slow page load. Um, that's quite an easy way to find that out. But it's a global portal level setting. Uh, it's not too expensive to do that. Uh, a bit, but um, well, it's quite a nice way um, to keep it. Um, 
my pet peeve, HTTP versus HTTPS. The first thing, uh, again, not really life related, but that's the rough technology. Um, quite frequently, I see some, um, uh, some demand to operate in mixed mode. So operate in HTTP and then transmit the password through HTTPS and then fall back to HTTP. Um, anybody else here who likes that? Many people like that, um, so, but I don't really recommend that. Uh, there's one reason, it does not work. <laughs> so I've never seen that implemented uh, in a correct way, and the reason is this, just go to that and uh, look at that plugin, and you'll be able to just fish uh, random session IDs in unencrypted networks. The next thing uh, is also completely HTML technology related. If you include some script uh, with a URL, you include the script from your own server, you use a relative URL um, that is, um, well, just enter some script or uh, absolute to the server, to the server root, everything's fine. Um, this is on the HTTP versus HTTPS slide. Uh, that means your script will be loaded uh, through the same protocol as the page. You want that. If you are on HTTPS, you want the script to be safe uh, or uh, encrypted. Now, if you are referring to some external site, like, let's say, Google Maps, and uh, access their API, and you know that they also um, use HTTPS or offer HTTPS, what can you do to choose the same protocol there? Uh, well, the ugly one, um, is you can have your uh, your theme uh, your your JSPs uh, uh, your referencing like that. If you are in a JSP, you'll have to do something uh, similar to this. Or the easy one, the neat one that almost nobody knows, I think, is protocol relative URL. Let me do a quick check. Who knows protocol relative URLs? Okay. About I, I was guessing like 80, 90 percent might not know it, and I think it's even more. Um, okay. Um, it's actually fully specified, but still nobody knows it. Um, some things in documentation and configuration. Um, there is a lot of documentation in LifeRay, and it's actually evolving. Uh, so if you use the documentation on LifeRay.com, it, uh, it helps to follow that on GitHub because it's updated quite frequently, and uh, you can find uh, new information in there every week or every, every other week. Um, so there's things that you might want to read in addition to that. Uh, that is LifeRay in action. That is the developer guide that is, uh, uh, that is maintained on GitHub, the user and admin guide as well. Um, that is the wiki, the forums, the blogs, uh, the Java docs. We have Java docs. Uh, who might have known that. <laughs> Remember that slide on Radio LifeRay? There's the story how we lost it and how we gained it back. Uh, so listen to Radio LifeRay. Um, there's our blogs and so on. There's one more resource that I do love uh, to refer developers to. Uh, which is our DTDs, because if you want the definitive source of uh, what can be in um, what what can be in your uh, in your XML files, that's the DTD. Now, who here is able to read a DTD? Wow! I didn't expect that. <laughs> who likes to read DTDs? <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, who has ever read one of LifeRay's DTDs? Oh, okay. So this is roughly for half of you the tip. Do that, try that. LifeRay's DTDs are human readable. Even I can do that. Even I can read that and I can make sense of them because they contain like 95% of comment, human readable, and then the rest is the, uh, is the DTD elements that are technically uh, or machine readable. 
Um, the next thing is portal properties. Did you ever read portal properties? <laughs> yeah? It's long, boring, and interesting. Uh, this, is what I <laughs> this is what I tell people. Um, so if you look at um, portal properties, it's 300 and something thousand uh, characters or 9,000 and something lines. Uh, browse through that, you'll get so many ideas what you can uh, change on, uh, on LifeRay through portal properties or somewhere in the UI. Uh, it's really worth um, to just browse through it. Don't do it in bed. Um, you do override portal properties and portal X properties. Uh, well, I guess you knew that. Uh, not going to do the check there. What I frequently see in trainings um, is uh, people get tricked by Windows. You know how? <laughs> <laughs> and that gets displayed like this. So, um, well, if you are on a computer that is not your own, I guess every technical person probably has that switched off, um, uh, then uh, you might want to check for that. One other thing, um, if you don't want to use that uh, Portal, Pro Portal X properties, if you want to uh, offload it to some other place, uh, well, just get rid of it, copy it somewhere else, don't delete it, copy it somewhere else. For example, in your home folder, that would be like that. Uh, if you don't want it, that's a bad idea. Um, because it will be found there. LifeRay will find your Portal X properties in your user home directory. If you're like me, I'm setting up two or three new demo LifeRays every week. I keep it there on purpose because that has all of the session auto-extend settings uh, that I want in every LifeRay portal um, that I do. So I want it there and I use it there, but if you just get rid of it and move it there, uh, you might uh, worry or you might wonder why it's still being picked up. The logs say so, that is being picked up, but who reads the logs, especially the startup logs? It's like documentation, right? Um, there's a few more settings that you will find in Portal X properties. This says it's a shared secret key. Uh, if you use things like WSRP, which rely on this token, uh, will actually make it not even shared, but also a secret. Um, if you change that and keep it secret, it will be secret. Otherwise, it will just be the default, which is not quite secret, but very much shared. Um, well, this is probably the slide with the second most text, but you can look it up in Portal X properties, uh, which is uh, the encryption. If you use LifeRay's Remember Me feature, uh, you'll uh, see that you'll get another cookie that has some encrypted information, and you can choose the encryption algorithm. By default, um, this is something from the Cold War era, I guess. Uh, <laughs> this is like uh, DES with a 56-bit uh, key, so... Uh, not quite what I would call encryption nowadays, but I'm not aware of these uh, export regulations. You can change that, and it's all named there, uh, what you can do there. A um, few more things. If you do password encryption uh, or password hashing, uh, LifeRay can store your clear text password in the database. Bad idea, as you know. Um, and it typically stores a uh, SHA-1 uh, hash in the database, which uh, increasingly gets a bad idea um, well, for, for other security reasons, because SHA-1 is designed for speed. And if you ever lose your database with your speedy encrypted SHA-1 values, then, uh, well, brute forcing that uh, will also be quite speedy uh, nowadays. So you might want to deliberately slow it down, but that offloads, uh, that, that generates some load on your portal, because now it has to do the slow operation. Uh, and it's quite easy to, well, it's quite easy to do that, 
but you might consider if you have high security um, uh, requirements, you might consider a single sign-on uh, solution to offload the password decryption to some extra scalable system. But you can configure it here. Uh, you should take a look at these options. And my last one, coming back to portal properties and rounding it up uh, with something in uh, the themes, uh, one of the theme settings. Uh, you might be aware of this theme virtual path. Uh, if you have a theme, then that carries lots and lots and lots of images. And Tomcat is probably, or any application server, is probably the worst thing to, uh, to deliver static content like images. Uh, so you can configure um, the images to come from somewhere else. It's typically like slash virtual or slash something in any documentation, but what you can also do is give a full um, HTTP colon slash slash blah blah different server, roll out your own content delivery network basically, uh, so you can give it a full uh, URL or a full prefix for that URL, or use the protocol relative uh, URLs that I gave you earlier. Now this is global, this is for everything, um, and also a bad idea, but um, there has been, who, uh, whose presentation was it? Uh, uh, oh, it was in, in uh, the Lightning Talks. Martin, Martin did that. Um, there are some settings in the theme. So you can do it theme local. Um, you can uh, configure the virtual path in one of the theme settings uh, in LifeRay look and feel uh, XML. That is a file, a descriptor in every uh, DTD, um, in, uh, in, every, uh, in every theme. Uh, and you can do it there theme by theme, which is probably what you rather want than the global settings. With that, um, actually I've been collecting that, I've been starting to put that together and, uh, and uh, got some help from others as well. Uh, so we're sharing that within LifeRay. I'm going to share that at uh, future events as well. So I do really uh, like your feedback there uh, to see your own personal um, favorite hacks to LifeRay or, or favorite uh, mistakes that you see, that you make. Um, I'm constantly making the same mistakes. Please make them known. Thank you very much. <laughs>